Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk about our membership program. Uh, we recently broke a pretty big milestone. We have over 100 startups and small businesses on the platform offering up to 50% off all their product and gear. If you're like me and you're always looking for a new uh, backpack or new gear for your addictions, whether it's skiing, snowboarding, camping, surfing, whatever it is related to the outdoors, you can hop onto this membership and peruse all of the brands. We're constantly adding new ones um, to really support all of your outdoor activities. We also have a number of travel companies. So if you're looking to take a trip, whether it's to Machu Picchu, South America, wherever, um, you can save on that as well. We also have a number of food brands, whether you need a new energy bar or you just need to, f- you want to find something uh, that's different and check it out. You can f- save while doing it. Um, you can also apply to become an ambassador for a lot of these brands. There's a ton of perks. So if you are interested in checking this out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members and get your first month free. Check out the Powell Movement podcast to find out the stories of the athletes and behind-the-scene players. Mike not only tells the stories, he tends to tiptoe the line of PC creating funny, informative show that sets the bar for interview podcasts in the action sport industry. What is going on, Red Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with one of the founders of Growlerworks, Sean Huff. Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. Definitely. All right, Growlerworks. How would you best describe uh, your business to someone who's never heard of you guys before? I would describe Growlerworks as a group of craft beer lovers with an engineering problem. <laughs> and uh, to elaborate on that, we, um, we're entrepreneurs and uh, we're a product innovation company and uh, we've uh, launched the UKEG, which is a you know a reg- revolutionary beer growler, and uh, and uh, really turned out to be a I guess I call it a spaceship for any type of craft beverage that you'd want to take home and keep fresh and share with your friends over time. That's really interesting, and it, specifically in the U.S., knowing how popular craft brewery is. Um, how how did you come up with this idea? What made you decide like, hey, this is a problem that needs to get addressed because like obviously before this it was just you get some sort of regular growl like glass growler that you would take to your favorite brewery right and they'd fill it up and then after a couple of days it kind of goes stale and you the beer wouldn't be anywhere near as good <laughs> right that's, ex- that's exactly what inspired us to start this company which is um the aha moment came during a, an experience of drinking some flat stale beer uh, that had gone um, flat and stay on a, in a standard glass growler. And it was a local beer here in Oregon by a brewery called Boneyard. And they make an IPA called RPM, which is really good, but they've never packaged it in the bottle or can. It's only available on draft. Either, um, you know, they distribute kegs uh, and I had, uh, or they serve on premises. I had a, a growler filled here in Portland, which is about three hours away from Bend. And uh, it was it was delicious the first day that I tried it, and uh, two days later um, it had gone flat and stale, and the whole flavor profile that I was enjoying um, 
had been completely ruined, and I just started thinking there's got to be a better way to do this. Okay, so this was in 2014 when you were coming up with the idea? Yeah, that, that, the, the, uh, the stale beer experience happened actually in the summer of 2013. Okay, so you, you figure out that there's a clear issue here. What, what, what steps did you go about in sort of trying to solve the problem? So uh, the first step is I um, started looking to see, you know, what was out there. And um, it turns out that I wasn't the first person to think of pressurized growlers. Uh, beer containers in smaller sizes had, had been around in various iterations for a while. And I, I was looking at it, and I um, started talking with some some friends of of mine who I who I know here in Portland who are design engineers, and those are my two co-founders, Brian Sonicson and Evan Regi. And we started looking at well, the first thing we did is we we started testing the available options that were out there, and this testing involved you know drinking beer, obviously, and uh, and deciding how we could make make the experience better. And then we just started learning um, from from our experience, fill, you know, getting um, various things filled, types of growlers filled, and bringing them home and and drinking them. Um, and we, we, you know, we started to innovate, and we started to realize, oh, you know, nobody had really cracked the code on everything that you need in terms of what the right environment is for the beer, and uh, keeping it cold, keeping it carbonated keeping it fresh and also being portable because, you know, the fun thing about beers is not only being able to, uh, you know, take it off premises where it's brewed and back to your house, but also being able to share it with your friends um, over their houses or um, what we call escape, which is if you want to go explore in the outdoors, you want to go to the river um, or you want to, you know, take your beer with you on a trip to the beach or, you know, so forth, uh, you could do that. That's really interesting. Okay, so what's your background? Did you always want to start uh, a business like this? Did you have any experience really developing and tinkering with products like this? Not really. My background is in engineering, um, but I was in the energy um, industry, alternative energy. I I met my co-founders. We were working for a hydrogen power company. And so um, we we were trying to save the world through um, through energy efficiency, and, and now we're trying to save the world from stale beer. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, okay, so you start working on this project. You develop, how long did it take you to really um, finalize the UK to the point where like, okay, this is, this is worthy of being sold um, you know, online and retail and, and starting Growlerworks officially? So we developed some some key features, and um, when you buy a UK, one one thing is that uh, the design aesthetic. We 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 didn't have a um, a background in, in in consumer products, but we did have a background in drinking beer, and it's something that's just part of the culture here. And we're we're all we all love that the craft experience of going to a brewery, seeing how beer is made. It's a you know, it's an ancient art. And um, so it's really just really authentic when the, you know, the ingredients are coming from the local area and the brewer, you know, lives in the area and you might, he might be your neighbor. 
and just seeing how um, this craft beverage is produced, it's a uh, um, there's an art to it, and there's even an art to the the brewing equipment. And our product, the UKEG, follows that tradition, and we wanted it to be made of honest materials. We wanted it to look um, like it was something that came from a brewery, and uh, and so really making something that um, was as you know pleasing to store your beer in as drinking your beer is something that we really focused on. Okay. So then in 2015, you launched your Kickstarter, which is one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns ever (laughs) raising a little over $1.5 million. Was that sort of, was that a shock to you guys? Did you think that it was going to be anywhere near that, um, that, um, successful? Well, we, knew that we had uh we knew we had a good solution <clears throat> to this problem that everyone is experiencing which is you know, the, the uh, there was more and more microbreweries available or you're starting up out there and the quality of the beer was getting really good um uh, but it was m- mostly stranded because um you know they're locked out of distribution or they don't bottle or package and you can really only get it on premises and when we were, um, you know, pitching this idea to people we knew, everyone loved it. So we knew that we knew that um, that it it was something that um, that we thought people would like. And what Kickstarter platform really allowed us to do is just take that idea to the public and let and let um, you know let beer lovers decide. And it turns out that they liked it. Was there anything in particular that you did when running the Kickstarter? Because like your your original goal was seventy five thousand dollars, you clearly crushed that <laughs> with over yeah. one point five million. Is there anything that you did that really um, you felt was a big reason for having such a successful campaign? Uh, uh, well, we got off to a good start with the help of our our uh, immediate friends and family. Um, so we just pulled together and, and it's, we feel really fortunate that we live in, uh, you know, Portland, which has a good entrepreneurial community, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends and family supported us. And so what that, that helped do is, is ha- we first couple days, you know, our first day was a big day and we actually hosted a Kickstarter launch party at Hopworks Urban Brewery here in Portland, which is one of our favorites. And, uh, we invited everyone down and, and, uh, having a big first day uh, is really helpful um, to, uh, you know, people recognize that and it kind of puts you on the map and it increases the, the visibility for, for your campaign for other people that might be interested in it. Definitely. Definitely. Now. Okay. So you launched the campaign, you're, you, you generate over $1.5 million in, um, in revenue from that campaign. Uh, what, what happened next? You, um, what were the next stages in uh, in growth for for Growlerworks? Well, the next stage was uh, getting into production, and so it, it turns out that it it was um, the the first uh, UKEG we ever made, the one that you see in the Kickstarter video. If you've ever watched it, it was a prototype that was uh, it was a custom made prototype, and I think the total cost of parts and labor to have that thing, you know, every part. Uh, machined by hand was about ten thousand dollars, and it was fully functional. Um, but going from one ten thousand dollar prototype to ten thousand uh, one hundred dollar UKEGs um, took 
a little bit longer. We had estimated six months and it ended up taking us about 12 months until we actually got into production and started shipping. That must have been a stressful 12 months. <laughs> yeah, because um, you know our Kickstarter backers uh, were so excited about um, the product. They wanted to know when they were going to receive it. And so anytime you you know, yeah, you delaying um, the thing that people backed you for and wanted. Um, yeah, it's always uh, everyone. Everyone is working for the same goal, though, which was um, to uh, to build the rewards. Uh, and now, um, you know, every Kickstarter backer in the U.S. has their rewards, and we're going to put out an update this week. Uh, there's only about uh, 150 UKs left in uh, internationally, and we're we're going to um, send them all out here soon. That's pretty impressive. Now, along this journey, do you have any mentors that really helped you on the development side or really just the business side and marketing Growlerworks? Uh, yeah, we've, we've, had, we've brought on some advisors. Uh, and the, one cool thing about Portland is the entrepreneurial community. But, but really, what, the one thing that we love about this entrepreneurial journey is the learning that, that happens and the accomplishments that, that you make after you learn. Those are two strong values that we have here at Growlerworks, and um, and so most for the most part, we're we're learning on the job and we're learning as we go, and that's one of the really cool parts of um, you know of being an innovation company. And and um, not only are we innovating products, but we're also learning um, you know about how to bring those products to the market. What's been the hardest part about starting and building um, Growlerworks? Let's see. Uh, not enough hours in the day. We, uh, you know, we have a um, a very innovative company, and we have we have a new idea every day. And you know, just you know, there's no, you can only chase you can only do so many things in one day. Now, along the journey, what what would you say is one of your greatest fears, and how do you manage it in regards to Growlerworks? Greatest fears? Um, let's see. You know, uh, my fear is that uh, the number of, of breweries is, and number of beers out there is increasing so fast I'm never going to be able to try them all. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good fear. <laughs> In fact, I, we were just doing the math on this. If you go to uh, the Great American Beer Festival, which we go to every year, have you ever been? Never, no. So uh, there's a ridiculous number of beers there. It's um, 800 breweries uh, and 2,400 different beers. So you, they serve, um, you know, there's, they, they try to tone it, you know, tone it down so they're, they're served in one-ounce pours. It's not like your standard beer festival where it's like a three-ounce you know, or four-ounce pour. Even at a one-ounce pour, you couldn't possibly try every single beer at the event even one ounce at a time, it would be something like 150 pints over the course of three days. So it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's just not possible. And it's, it's actually one of the really cool things is the creativity that's going into craft beverages. And there's, um, you know, there's a lot of different new styles coming out. So you have, um, you know, you have like ciders and, um, and there's some Belgian styles and then it, it, there's some sours, and then it almost um, it almost kind of starts to blend the line with um, you know with wine and cider. So it's just a really interesting spectrum 
of uh, of craft brew that's being offered, and it's all really high quality as well. You know, it's a really good point. Um, how much it's evolved over the last 15, 20 years. Because the United States used to be known for shit beer, <laughs> you know? And now, like, we make some of the best beer in the world. Like, just all of the breweries from all over the country make it, just trying so many different um, ways of producing it, styles, and just really uh, lots of innovative um, new beers. And, like, I've tried so many. Like, some of my favorites... Like uh, my my uh, business partner before working on Red Yeti he used to work for a beer distributor in New York and they sold all the microbreweries um, to New York City bars. So like he would always have a case of something new <laughs> that I've never heard of where I would taste that. I'd be like, this is beer. This is really different but good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now um, kombucha is brewed in a similar fashion for, for people that are are not beer drinkers and you have cider for people that are gluten-free. So there's really, there's really something for everyone now. And, and it's all, the the cool thing is it's all locally produced. Uh, The Brewers Association recently put out a number that I found interesting. That was uh, 95% of all craft beer is consumed in the state where it's brewed. So not only is, um, you know, not not only is there that variety, but it's also a very local, uh, very locally produced, very very natural product. Yeah, you know, that's a really great point. Like I think about, like I've spent a good amount of time in the Northeast because that's where I'm from. From drinking local brew uh, beers to that area, and then I spent some time living in Utah, and then I'm like, oh my god, there's so many more breweries that I just didn't know existed <laughs> that are like based around here that have yeah. so many interesting styles of of beer. And I'm just like, huh, this is, um, it's kind of like wine. It comes from different regions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. And the beer tourism, that's one of my favorite things to do now is if you take a trip somewhere and then you try their, their, um, you know, the, the, the vari- local varieties. When we go to Denver, for example, they're really good with the, the citrusy IPAs. Um, and I like, everyone, everyone has one. And then, you know, you go, uh, you know, over to the Northeast, uh, and you've got the New England style, and so everyone everyone has a a, a take on it, um, and it's it it's really interesting. In fact, we, there's you know beer tourism is growing it, it, uh, all the time, especially with the density of breweries um, in in some of the larger cities that are uh, or some of the cities that are uh, are beer meccas. Definitely okay. So for the listener, what are some of your favorite beers currently? Oh, that's the toughest question, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> that's the hardest question, but um, I do have a couple of favorites. So um, we have, um, you know, for somebody who's coming into Portland from out of town, um, we have uh, a brewery nearby us called uh, Grixen that makes one of my favorite beers right now. It's a, uh, a Chardonnay Saison. Uh, it's a saison brewed with um, Chardonnay grapes. Uh, we also uh, have, if uh, it's kind of an organ treat, we have a beer by a brewery called Coalition, which also has a, a brewer incubator, and uh, and they offer a beer called Two Flowers. And Two Flowers is a CBD infused beer. I think there's like four milligrams per serving or, or something like that. So. Um, that's uh you know legal in the state and then uh you know 
Widmer, uh, which we who we work with, uh, they recently opened a um, a new tap room that has a number of rotating taps, and they collaborate with the Oregon Brewers Guild, which is a home brewing guild here, so that um, a new style is always on tap, which is a collab from the Oregon with a, a home brewer with the Oregon Brewers Guild, and they serve it at their at their tasting room. Oh, that's so interesting. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, whether it was in um, the beer industry or really just like a business in general? The advice I would give is um, is a saying that I use, which is uh, if you succeed, uh, it you know, if you win, you succeed, and if you lose, you learn. So, it's a no lose. It's a no, there's a no lose situation, uh, and just uh, unless you try something and move forward. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty great advice, especially in entrepreneurship where you fail a lot. <laughs> you know, you have to um, you have to realize that that it, it's a process and it's part of becoming successful, right? Like you have to have those failures to learn so that you can make the right decisions. Um, going forward, yeah, you hear the you know the um, you know the the analogy that Michael Jordan uses about uh, how many shots he missed in his career. He missed he missed most of them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't really have appreciate that until until now. Yeah, that's a really great point. Now, in regards to Growlerworks, where do you see it in the next year, five years, ten years down the road? Um, well, in the future, you know, we, like I said, we want to continue to innovate our products. Um, we want to, um, you know, continue to, um, to offer our UK growlers for the craft beverage industry, uh, and craft beer and also other, um, craft beverage industries. And, uh, you know, we, we're really, um, customer focused. And so, um, where, um, where we see a problem or where we see a, a need, um, we're going to continue to focus on that and, and offer n- new products that uh, that people continue to love. Definitely. And what's the best part about running GrowlerWorks? Oh, that's the easy one. I, I never thought I'd get paid to drink beer. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. that's. Uh, do you have any idea how many different types of beers you've tried at this point? I've I've lost count. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did notice the um, number of, of microbreweries, another number from the Brewers Association, has surpassed 7,000 microbreweries in the U.S. this year. And uh, the average um, American, um, or basically, um, it's a ni- over 90% of Americans live within less than 10 miles of a craft brewery. Wow. So uh, anyone listening who hasn't hasn't uh, gotten started trying all the different uh, local breweries, definitely uh, <laughs> do that since I can't – 10 miles, that's crazy. That's a pretty interesting t- statistic. Um, now, over the course of this journey, obviously you've come a long way and there's a lot of things you have going on in the future. Um, I wanted to uh, – First off, appreciate you for coming on the show and sharing your story and all the things um, that you have going on with Growler Works. But um, for listeners that want to keep tabs on 
all the things that you have going on now and in the future, where's the best place for them to do that? Well, you can sign up for our email list if you go to our website and uh, signing up for our email list will get you a coupon code for 10% off any on web web purchases. And then um, and then you can also follow us on Facebook, Growler, GrowlerWorks uh, uh, Facebook account, and we're also on Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Uh, but uh, our our email and uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram are the best ways to to keep up with what we're doing. Uh, the other way is if you're ever in Portland and you stop by. Feel free to, uh, or you're traveling for Portland. Feel free to stop by our our headquarters. We have a, a a retail showroom, and we welcome our Kickstarter backers. If you're for those of you who are out there and any new customers to stop by and check us out. And then I know that uh, Ready Yeti's doing a giveaway right now. And if you enter to win, uh, you're entered to win a chance to win the gift uh, grand prize, which includes a UKEG. Yeah, and if you're listening to this before September 12th, you can head over to readyyeti.com for your chance to win the UKEG along with a ton of other gear. And with that, Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and share the story of GrowlerWorks and everything you guys have going on. Thanks, Josh. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.